Hal. <laughs> Hello and welcome to How Do You Drew? This is a Drew Barrymore podcast brought to you by thedrewzium.com. <laughs> With a sassy attitude and sponsored by our friends at Positive Medium. I'm Anne. And I'm Ashley, suckers. So, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I think I'm a little loopy, just about to, to travel. So Contagious. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we are recording this a bit in advance. If any breaking news happens, that's, you know, as sometimes that happens when we record in advance. That's why it's missing. We're kind of light on the top of the episode today, but uh, yes. we wanted to make sure to get some content together so that while Anne is traveling the world, we can still send <laughs> um, our voices through the airwaves. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I, I hope there's not any big breaking news coming out, not just for, you know our benefit but also just you know we just had a little bit of a traumatic thing happen in Jerusalem yeah we need a break yeah <laughs> all right so let's start with mail because we actually strangely enough and we did not plan this this email yes. correlates perfectly with today's topic <laughs> you've got mail this is an email from Christian, who I so eloquently dubbed our frequent writing in person. So <laughs> here's Christian again. And I think it works. Hello, Christian. Um, and what Christian asked, um, he said, I was wondering among you two, who has the most collected Drew memorabilia and who's the one with the most important pieces like magazines or photo slides? And then I'll just ask the other question as well, but we'll address them all. It says, also, how rare is the flower press newspaper that you guys sent in the giveaway? And just to tell everyone, the giveaway was uh, we were like, hey, write some reviews on Apple Podcasts. And the first 10 people who do get an issue of Flower Press. Which, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So who has the most collected Drew memorabilia? I think that question's really hard to say. Yeah, I would say... You have more magazines. That's a guess. I don't know that officially, but I think you do. And I think I have more photos. Yeah, you definitely do have more. And I like how Christian specifically said photo slides, because I feel like that's like you have a lot of photos and photo slides. I have a lot of those. <laughs> I've also like fallen into a lot of like um, big lots so at all at once buying many, and that's kind of also been part of it. Yeah. I don't know. You have some really cool ones. I do. Yeah. I feel like that's one of those things where I've been like, that's your thing. And we'll get into that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's so, I don't think we can say whose collection is larger and who has the most important pieces. I feel like you have a lot more like one of a kind type. Yeah, things. I think that's true, but you are in ownership of the number one best thing, which is Drew's, uh, uh, oh my God, speak, which is the postcard that Drew signed to us, <laughs> her friends. Oh, that's true. But I, I almost think that is like a, a shared thing, even though it lives in it my is. house. <laughs> do you have that in Maine, by the way? I do have it in Maine. Thank God. Okay. Um, good. But it also is like, like, I'm like, do I want to have it here? And we'll talk about this a little bit more. But the environment oh. here is just a little more harsh for uh, paper items. <laughs> um, I think I've gone out of my way more to get really kind of one of a kind items, like you said before. I think yeah. that's sort of been a little more in my jazz. 
the flower press newspaper that's a great question I think it, they are extremely hard to get these days I never see them come up on eBay I have like a search saved for them yeah and uh you basically just had to get them by chance like Drew handed them out one day and then they were arriving with flower beauty um orders for a while yeah because was there any other way to get them I don't think so. Uh, we got really lucky and Chris Miller sent us like a huge box of this one issue. So it's rare in the world. It's not rare in my house where I have a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have a like a chunk of them too. Like I think I just like took like 10. Probably. Just, yeah. I, fe- I feel like maybe we got another issue mailed to us too because we asked. I have the third one somewhere. Like I have a photo of it and I don't know where it is. I have not been able to track it down, which makes me crazy. But I think there were only three and I know at one point at least I had them all. So <laughs> we'll yeah. see. But I would say, Christian, to answer your question, I think it is pretty rare because yeah. it's not something that was like sold at stores in any exactly. way. Like. Yeah, I don't remember the distribution of it necessarily in any way. <laughs> no, nope. so enjoy. Enjoy that rare piece. <laughs> and thanks for leaving us a review. <laughs> yes, and everyone else who left a review. Like, I hope you're enjoying it too. Yeah. I shouldn't say everyone else who left a review for the giveaway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I know the answer to this, but can you tell me what you pulled for this week in Drew history? Absolutely. You're going to take this one away, but okay, <laughs> October 5th. 2001 drew <laughs> took part in a writing and cars with boys book signing with um the author of the book beverly d'onofrio at brentano's and i don't even remember what city that was in do you remember i think it was santa monica it was definitely on like the west side of la that sounds right okay and uh you went and i didn't before you tell your story can i tell mine oh yes yes okay i we found out about this but it was only like maybe the day before it was really close to the time it was going to happen. And I just kind of got a little lazy. Like I didn't, it was going to be difficult for me to get the trek out there from Las Vegas. Okay. And I remember really regretting it. Like I should have gone, Um, but I didn't sadly. And somebody that kind of knew me actually went and got me a book and surprised me and sent it to me. So that I um, remember that. that was special. Yeah. Yeah. It was really special. Okay, so I don't know if you really revealed, but um, this was the first time I met Drew Barrymore. Ah. So I was, now I want to think about my age, which is such a funny thing. I think I was 16. Whoa. Is Is that right? I guess so. So I was still in high school. I went with my friend Monica. Her mom like dropped us off early. So my friend Monica and I went to Brentano's and we were the first people sitting on the ground in line. Yeah. I was going to say, weren't you really early? I think the book signing was at like 6 p.m. And I think we were there like at 2 p.m. So nothing crazy, <laughs> but I'd like for a book signing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'll just kind of jump right in. So at some point, you know, there was kind of like excitement happening. Like she's arriving. Yeah. I caught a peek at her profile from like one of the windows on the side oh and just started like oh my god I'm so nervous. you know like just so like so excited they kind of had her set up like behind this barrier thing so like if you were on the street you couldn't really see her and then they had us line up outside and then as you came around a corner then you approached her <sighs> before I met her 
Um, I saw Chris Miller walk by and at the time <laughs> he was just her assistant. Um, he had been working with her for only a few years at that point. And I recognized him because he had done the like first Hollywood <laughs> jobs show, which I think we've talked about before. Yeah. It was a special on E. Yep. And so I said, Chris, <laughs> and he was like, do I know you? Which I feel like is something that happened a couple times before he really got to know us. Yeah. And I was like, no, we've never met, but I know you because I saw the show <laughs> and he was so sweet. I've got a really cute picture of myself, a little teenage me and a very, you know, young, comparatively yeah, Chris Miller. Very young. Um, so that's the first time I also met Chris Miller. And then the experience of meeting Drew, I, it was kind of a whirlwind, uh, went through the line. They had us put um, our name on a post-it note so that they could personalize it. But mine's not personalized. I think yours is. Yeah, mine is. So I walked up and just started tearing up, which I was like, I was a dramatic teen, but it wasn't, I wasn't making a scene or anything. I was just like, emotional. Oh, I'm so excited, you know? And Drew reached over immediately when she saw me and gave me a hug and um, reached over the table because they were sitting at a table, sitting down, she and Beverly Ann D'Onofrio saying her full name. <laughs> My friend Monica's boyfriend was like, in the bookstore behind us so I have this blurry picture oh that's how you got the pictures okay actually I think we have a picture of Monica being hugged by Drew and then I don't know if there's one of me being hugged by Drew but I think there is so anyway one of the things that's notable about this and I might have mentioned this maybe on the episode with Jolena Drew said oh little lamb because I was (laughs) crying and so that kind of became sort of my nickname I actually remember one other thing. Okay. You apologized for being a freak. And Drew told you it's good to be a freak. You're right. Thank you for remembering that. You're right. She did say that. But yeah, Tom Green was there with her. So we like saw him. We kind of saw him walk by before the book signing started. And she signed the book, Drew Barrymore Green. Oh, I don't know that mine's signed that way. It probably is. I'm sure it is. Other notable things I would just point out is number one, that she definitely depressed that day because there's um, video of her in the same look. Yes. And she wore this shirt again in the flaunt 2001 photo shoot. Yes. And then also her little heart on her face that she had drawn on her face. I fully used to copy that. In fact, I've talked about that in another episode because a picture of us when we went to see E.T. in 2002, I have a little drawn heart on my face. (laughs) And I think she did like a star on like Conan O'Brien or David Letterman or something. Yeah, she used to do all kinds of fun little drawing things like that. Yep, I know exactly. Yeah, the Letterman that you're thinking of. Yep, yep. But yes, this was quite a fun moment for me. And then I got to come home and write all about it for all my friends on the grapevine. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm still good friends with Monica who came along with me. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) It was really fun. Yeah. Amazing. This has kind of been more this week in Anne history. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry I've been talking so much. Okay, so for this episode, we're doing something a bit different. It's kind of funny. A big part of our fandom 
a big part of our partnership. <laughs> it's all sort of revolved around that we are really big collectors of Ms. Barrymore uh, mm-hmm. memorabilia. And that spans a lot of categories. Yes. And we don't really talk about it that much on the pod. And we do get asked questions about it once in a while. And I think it would be fun if we just kind of devoted an episode to chatting about it. Yeah, we wanted to make sure we covered one of the ways that we drew, <laughs> you know, when we asked, <laughs> yeah. how do you drew? This is one of the big ways that we drew. Big ways. Um, I like that you said it spans many categories because that's so true. Like when I explain to people that I'm a collector, they're like, like what? Like stuff she used? I'm like, oh, no, no. Like <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I mean, sure, there's some of that, but also mostly magazines. Like it's yeah. mostly related to periodicals paper <laughs> yeah paper lots of paper I think that's our favorite um we'll talk about you know what we like and what we don't so yeah so we're going to be talking about our collections which for some people I mean we're talking about collection practices actual items in our collection you know kind of like how that's evolved over time yeah and let's not forget to point out the fact that you are a literal professional archivist now <laughs> so you really know what you're talking about and also when I say it's evolved like it's like I've evolved with the collection yeah um so yes I did a degree at a library school at UCLA and I'm now a professional archivist and it is rooted in this like yeah. 100% like so I, cool. I can look back at it and go like oh I was learning about archiving when I started collecting (laughs) it's really neat like yeah talk about taking your hobby and turning it into your career it's incredible yeah I mean I feel pretty lucky (laughs) (laughs) you've worked hard it's not luck (laughs) you know what I'll say that I've worked hard but like when you find something you like really like to do it doesn't feel like work yeah I mean, not that every day at work is perfect, but anyway, let's start with, and again, this is going to be the part of the episode, like we may not even really talk about Drew, but we will. It's all related to our love for her. (laughs) It's all there. (laughs) But you know, those of you who, you know, early grapevine people like, hello, you know us, you were collecting too, a lot of you. Yeah. Anyone else who's just interested in like collecting? It's a, it's a fun thing. Like the process of it. Yeah. It is a fun thing. In fact, and I'm taking us a little off topic, but our whole website, thedrewzium.com, the seeds for that were planted by, I've mentioned this before, but there was a show on, ooh, some some weird cable channel. I can't think of what it was off the top of my head, but the show is called The Incurable Collector. Uh-huh. And it just featured on people that had interesting collections of anything. And it made me, I bet you somebody on there had a website that showed their collection. And I was probably like, oh, we need to do that. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. So literally the Drusium was built on us going, Hey, let's share our stuff. Yeah. And, and sharing it as like, I think we always had this idea that it was sort of like a catalog. Like if other collectors wanted to know what was in certain magazines, they come to our website and see that instead of websites that were just fan sites that show like high quality images of stuff with watermarks, like, which is great too. Absolutely. (laughs) There's a place for that, but I think that's what separates the Drusium from other fan sites. Like we're not just a fan site. Like we're sort of a collections catalog. Yeah, I like <laughs> In it. In a way. Let's kind of jump back a little bit and talk about like what kind of collecting practices did you do early on that kind of make you cringe? <laughs> I was going to say cringe-worthy ones. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Well, should we talk about how we started, like even the process of collecting? Because I Ooh. think this is very familiar to especially Drew fans for some reason. I mean, I know there's people out there who collect on all kinds of entertainers, but yeah, Drew fans in particular really had a voracious thing for keeping magazines of her and putting them on their walls or whatever. But I think we fed each other too, you know, oh, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the grapevine, we definitely did because it'd be like, Hey, this one th- magazine is out there and everybody would go to get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and kind of describe the origins. I'll see what I remember. So um, I became a Drew fan in early 98 and I believe by the summer, because I had so many magazines. I was just a magazine girl. So I always had a ton of magazines and I just started like one night I was just sitting up late at home and I started cutting out any picture of Drew that I found in magazines and I glued them all intensely glued, not just like a little dab, like I do these days to paper and even like full pages, I would glue to paper. I don't know what I was thinking. You're talking about like white glue, like Elmer's glue, right? Um, it probably was a glue stick because I've okay. never, I'm a glue stick person, but I okay. just think I would do it more intensely. So I would have these, like the stack of papers that had drew magazines of all shapes and sizes glued to it. And it became this little stack and I kept it in a folder. And then my friend, Angie, she had YM as a subscription. I had 17. So she's like, you can have all my old YMs. And so I took all of those. That was like jackpot because Drew was in YM all the time. (laughs) And that's sort of where I started. And it truly just started with magazines and that's it. And then eBay came on my radar a year later and all kinds of things entered the foray. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'll go back to my early collecting things, but I just want to know, did you start on eBay in about 99? Yes, hundred percent I was 99. <laughs> I think yep. we're both 99. That's so cool. Um, so I will say, like, even though I didn't glue things to paper, that was a super common practice, by the yeah. way. Like we've had we've had collections that we've gotten from other people. Oh yeah. I have other people's pages that they've yep. done their own collages. <laughs> Some of which over time, like there were ones where I was like, okay, there's a bunch of common pictures around this. I want just this clipping. I'm going to cut it out. Like there were yeah. times when I would cut them out. But what I did, sadly, is I bought, I was working at Michael's at the time. Um, oh, actually, I worked at Michael's a couple of years later. But at some point, I decided to get sticky photo pages oh. and attach my clippings to that. So yeah, Ooh. when I started <laughs> full pages and clippings. I was sticking onto photo pages, which at some point I was like, oh, I got like ones that say they're archival. And I have since learned, no. That's bullshit. (laughs) Not archival. I actually have, I think it came from Anita, a full photo album sticky page um, with clippings, like a full, the full album that she, I like bought from her. Um, And there's some really cool clippings in there. And it's like, ah, like some of them are a little loose. There was a time when I like, decided this was probably like 2001 2002 and I decided I was going to take apart all of my sticky pages and I was like I'm just going to sit and like carefully take them off and there were certain papers that were so thin that they just like tore I kind of remember that yeah talk magazine had like really thin paper and I I think (laughs) one of the copies I had of that got really messed up I still actually like the New York magazine came finally. Yeah. I know you're still waiting on yours and the paper is 
so thin. Like I immediately was like, yeah, <laughs> this is going to be so difficult to take apart. I hate thin paper. I mean, okay, let's get into a little bit. Like I, we could just, I think we're it's so easy to get off topic here. Know. All of it is just on the topic of collecting. I feel like I've gotten really good at taking apart magazines. Oh, totally. I'm like such a pro at it. <laughs> I started using like blades to cut down the spine. And then I would like find the page where Drew's, if it was a glued binding. Yeah, those are the best. I know. It always sucks if it's the staple Staple. (laughs) (gasps) It's like, this is where we get really nerdy, apparently. (laughs) Yes. Yes, but I was going to say- But if you guys know what we're talking about, you get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if if you don't, then you've probably tuned out a long time ago. Yeah. I was going to say about thin pages, I feel like as I've gotten more, we have all this experience. That's the weird thing is yeah. like we're like experienced collectors now. So yeah, we're like, oh, what, like, woe is me about the thin pages, but also we know how to deal with them now. Yep. <laughs> you know, like we're, we're literally professionals. <laughs> 25 years of experience will do that. <laughs> yeah, it will. So I, I wanted to ask, even though we've like gotten better at how we've stored things, like we could go yeah. through the whole trajectory, but is there anything about how you have a collection stored now that you'd want to improve still? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very much more limited on space that I have for things like that. My collection is in my baby's nursery's closet. Yep. (laughs) And a lot of it's in my garage, which I hate to tell you that because I know it's like the worst conditions. Well, it's not the worst. Most of it's in the house. (laughs) It's not it's I'll tell you it's not the worst because the conditions in Las Vegas are dry. Okay, that's true. I mean, if it gets extremely dry, that could be a problem, but it's way better than moisture. Okay, great. That makes me feel so much better. I've never (laughs) really thought about that. Okay. So that bothers me that it's kind of split up. I would love to have all my binders like match each other, you know, because they've all been like hodgepodge over the years. I would love to have all of my magazines in like the ones I have intact in like perfect order. They were, but now they're not just, yeah, a little bit just like here and there. But I, in the last year I've I think when I was pregnant and I was nesting, I was like, I'm going to get organized with some of this stuff. So I feel a lot better about it now than I did maybe like a year ago. Yep. What about you? I know you don't even have your collection handy right now. So there's a couple of things. Yeah. My collection doesn't live with me in Maine because, and I'm glad I decided to do this. I mean, it's a massive collection that's hard to move anyway. I have like 500 magazines that are intact. Oh my God. Do you really? Whoa. Yeah. I think I have like 480. Wow. And one of the projects I was working on, you're you're aware of this, is that I was rehousing everything, which basically yeah. means like I'd had everything, some in Mylar bags, some in like crappy Ziploc bags. Oh yeah. So many weird bags from Rob. <laughs> right? Oh God, yes. <laughs> With the uh this fan Rob, Rob Brink, bought a lot of stuff from him from his collection. Yes. And all his magazines were in bags, which is a great practice, but some of them are real funky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were actually there were a bunch of bags that were old skateboard bags. Oh, that makes so much sense. I know. There were like thicker plastic ones that were like cut and then like folded and taped. Yep. <laughs> but basically I was like trying to get all my bags in line. And then I have an entire inventory of my magazines, but I was like adding, like, <laughs> I could get so into this, but yeah, you were doing like a database with details yeah, and stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I've had a database for a while. I like, you said database. I say database, tomato, tomato. I say both. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the sentence you're saying. Yep. <laughs> 
Um, I understand. Um, but I'm also putting all of my magazines in archival boxes flat, which I still like don't quite understand. I know you've explained it to me, but I'm still like, (laughs) how does that? Because everyone stores stuff like in upright magazine stands. It's because when you, I always notice that when I have it in those magazine files, the like lower right corner of the magazine, like (laughs) curls a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not perfectly filled box and like, it's hard (laughs) to have a perfectly filled box. So having them flat doesn't allow for any curling. Again, That's I could cool. get into a lot more nervousness about this, but I, I, I took a lot of time to decide that. Like I literally had, and then we'll kind of go on to another question that's maybe more related to actual Drew stuff, maybe. <laughs> I actually did an independent study to organize my collection and to talk to a couple like archivists and wow. like, with like conservation and said like, what's the best way to store magazines? And like, why, why not? You know, and learned a lot from it. So cool. That's still a work in progress, reorder, reorganizing all that. But I live, um, you know, no big deal, like 3,000 miles away from my collection. Yeah, <laughs> so... a little bit of a distance issue. Yeah. But <laughs> I did that to protect it. So I have a climate controlled storage space for oh. some of my stuff. And then a lot of my stuff lives at my parents' house. But once again, it's pretty dry there compared to here. Yeah, so, I didn't think about that. Amazing. Look at me. I'm learning stuff too. But also, <laughs> I know I didn't, I didn't mean to be this like, you know, this is a library <laughs> class, but, um, stuff here in Maine, like it's, there's such a high, um, humidity at certain times of the year that like things get damp and then moldy. Oy, it's yeah. a problem. That's not fun. Enough about mold. Um, okay. Should we move on to a different topic? <laughs> getting a little stinky around here. Let's move on. Howdy, Howdy Drewbies. We want to tell you about our sponsor, Positive Medium. We've actually been clients of theirs for at least 10 years, and they take care of all of our website needs for thedrewzam.com. They offer custom web design and professional coding, search engine optimization, marketing, and hosting. So we've been hosted by them, but we've also been able to take advantage of a lot of their expertise in these other areas as well. Absolutely. So customer service is the biggest draw for us with this company. They have saved our site literally from obliteration quite a yep. few times, but then they also help us with minor issues in just like literally a matter of minutes. So if we have like a coding question or just like something on the back end we can't figure out, we reach out to them and we get an answer back and the issue is solved within moments. We're so excited that Positive Medium is allowing us to offer our listeners 25% off managed WordPress hosting plans using our promo code DREW, D-R-E-W, of course. Um, And if you want to take advantage of this, visit positivemedium.com. We really, really vouch for these people. They've been so great to us and will continue to be great to us, I I can only imagine. (laughs) I mean, they're great by offering this to our listeners. So take advantage. Again, it's promo code DREW, of course. Okay, so tell me, what do you get the most excited about when it comes to finding and collecting? Like, what types or categories are your jam? Ooh, I mean, I think you know, but lobby cards are a huge love of mine. Yeah, I was wondering if that was still your thing. Yeah. A huge love, no pun intended, because they're big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge love. There's still some that I don't have that I want. You have some that I don't have and vice versa. Most of them are yours on our site, though. 
Yeah. Um, lobby cards, if, if you guys don't know, are oversized press photos. And there aren't really press kits anymore. That's a thing that doesn't exist really anymore, I don't think. Maybe there are digital no. press kits. Yeah. But it was like a thing where, and some of you are probably young enough that you're like, what the hell are they talking about? But also it's kind of a niche thing too. So <laughs> press kits, and we have some cool ones, would like have like a documentation about the film, including like, sometimes it would like list filmographies of all the actors like sometimes it'd go like really into it <laughs> yeah this is like pre-internet like that was how I guess you would find out if you were writing a yeah. if you're a journalist writing about the movie like that yes. was the easiest way to get the information yes and for some reason a lot of press kits were these specific like eight by ten glossies that had like black and white pictures on them yep and it's always like really boring ones for the most yeah. part in a press kit it's like but oh yeah it's the same old sometimes yeah, yeah. like the fire starter one <laughs> We, I have a lot of weird ones, but I don't know that they came in press kits. I don't know where they came from. That's I don't really true. know. So like those press photos, but then for some reason, sometimes press kits were like oversized. Like I'm going to say like 11 by 17 inches sometimes, which they're not always that big. 12 by 16, usually almost always color stills from the movie. Do you know the origin of lobby cards? Like I feel like in old Ooh. tiny movie theaters- they would be in the lobby and that's why they're called that. Yes. Is that true? They would be displayed in the lobby, but I, yeah. I don't know if that was still yeah. the use. Maybe it always was. Maybe they were for movie theaters. I don't know. It's I've never like saw them in the nineties in a movie theater. Yes. But the classic <laughs> ones have a very specific like style to them where they yeah. have like, they almost look more like the black and white press photos where it's got like the name of the movie and like a couple of credits on the bottom. And usually they were like kind of more stylized. I don't know what the use of them was, for like a lot of the ones that I have, like from the nineties. And I have some for ET that are pretty cool, but I think you're right. They were for like display in a movie theater lobby. So they're high quality. A lot of times it's high quality paper, but yeah, lobby cards are still a big one. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to answer before I uh, ramble on anymore. What are some <laughs> categories of items that really get you excited? You're like, let's talk sizes of paper. <laughs> <laughs> she is always thinking about, sizing <laughs> okay. oh that makes me so upset that we never saved that clip of drew talking about paper and rubbing the maps all over her oh god we also never got the um ever after behind the scenes footage that they showed on the ever after episode that oh, we've god. never seen anywhere else that's gone too so cool. oh great <laughs> okay sorry i totally <laughs> lost track of what we were talking about so you're that's asking okay. me what i like to collect yeah yes. what okay. categories are you like excited about collecting always okay as far as like things that you can are a little more just general. I am a big press photo person. Photos are probably my favorite thing to collect because I do appreciate that they don't take up a lot of space. Yes. <laughs> that has become a thing. Um, when we first started the Drewsium, I got really into just anything Drew. So it was like had all this, you know, three-dimensional movie memorabilia that oh, now God. just like is in boxes that I can't do anything Let's with. Let's talk more about that in the next section. Okay. Tell, me, tell me some more stuff that you really love. Photos are my jam. That's probably my biggest thing. But as we kind of said um, above when we were answering Christian's question, I do really like finding like very one-off special items, maybe things that are personally from Drew's life. Those are the things that really get me excited more than yeah. anything else. Yeah. And we've got some really cool stuff in our collection. We do. <laughs> Which, is this a good time for us to talk about Memorabilia Mondays? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I got inspired. 
inspired by this really great account, Marilyn Monroe Collection on Instagram. They're huge, 126,000 followers. Nice. Wow. Um, but they do, you know, great posts about the incredible items in their collection. And I sort of went, huh, we never really talk about that on Instagram. Like all of our stuff lives on the Yeah. Don't know how many people really care about websites these days, but yep. we know we have a lot of eyes on Instagram. So I started thinking. And do people realize that everything you try to make everything we post on Druseum physical memorabilia? Yeah, at least one item. Like if it's a carousel and there's some outtakes, maybe yes. those are just p- photos we found online. But there's yes. always something. If it's got our watermark on it, that means we own it physically in some capacity. Yes. But yeah, so I thought it'd be fun to do like deep dives too, because on the Drewsam, we really just like, here's a category, here's a gallery, but we never really talk about what the items are or what they're special or blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I started that today. (laughs) It was the first one. Um, So watch for those on Mondays. Hopefully I'll keep uh, being inspired and keep doing it. (laughs) Yeah, it's really neat. So the reason why I brought it up is because you put a one of a kind item on there, that Polaroid for the Tony Costa thing. Yeah. And I got to say another thing, I wanted to go back to Christian's question, which is, you know, who has the bigger collection basically was the question. I still sort of think of our collection as like, our collection yeah like (laughs) me too you know even though we have those moments where we have to like divide things that were that we bought from another collector or something like that and we like you know have to duke it out duke it out (laughs) we we make duke it out piles everyone's like what are you talking about that's okay we I don't know I think at some point it kind of felt like is I think we maybe talked about on the Jerusalem do we say who has what yeah, which felt silly. Like, no. And right away, it was like, right away, we were like, no. Like, we never did that from the start. I mean, I definitely get a sense of relief when, like, you get something. Like, let's say the guests, um, pleasures, re-release stuff. I never yes. ended up getting anything from that. But you did. So I feel like, yeah. okay, we're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, there's certain stuff from, like, that's so cool that, like, our collection has yeah. the things that you have, you know? Yep. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about things that either we don't collect at all or maybe used to collect and care about starting with like movie memorabilia yeah I would never buy that these days like oh he like I literally have like a curious George cereal box like what am I gonna do with that it doesn't have Drew's face on it I have so much E.T. stuff I probably need to like I love E.T. but I probably need to like weed it out a bit because like some of it is like literally just E.T. And like, I, I have like a little microphone for the wedding singer, oh, like yeah. a tiny little microphone keychain. That is so cute though. I know it's cute, but it's, and it's not like we just are not actively collecting it. Like, I think maybe if we did have like the Drewsium, a physical museum and we yeah. had people like donating stuff to our museum and it included that stuff. Great. Yes, but it doesn't make sense for either of us to go after that anymore. Yes, unless it like has Drew's likeness on yeah, it. That's a totally different story. <laughs> yeah. Like there are I think there are things like okay, for Whip It there were some really cool things. Like there was like a card with Drew's face, yeah. but then there were cards with other characters. I like having those because it's a set. Yeah. But then it's like a thing that just says the movie's name. Like we're not gonna go crazy for that anymore. Unless it it's flat and I can put it in a binder and close <laughs> it up and true. put it away. <laughs> That's true. Like we're like we're not like yeah. 
it's about the three-dimensional thing <laughs> like it's about space yes um, okay what about novelty items because the first <laughs> thing I thought of is like I feel like early eBay there was always like clocks that people made with like it would be the picture of Drew in the pink sweater you know the in the underwear you know yes. the one I'm talking about and then yes. it would just be like on a clock yeah or like fa- like money with her face on it fake licenses like yeah, why such a thing why and we are not interested in things like that I have some dumb stuff that like people have given me over the years and yes. I'm not gonna throw it away or whatever but that is not something that we care about I think yeah. of those as like bootleg like we're not interested in bootleg items yeah there's a lot of that for some reason on eBay at one point oh yeah <laughs> like, big time big yeah time. like handmade stuff that's got drew on it like sometimes but usually not. Rarely. <laughs> Autographs. I'm going to say we're not really collectors of this, though we do have some, you know, because we've gone to book signings. Like I have a very like um, two different feelings about this. Like I would never go into like, you know, those weird like memorabilia stores. I use that term loosely. They have like weird marble looking frames and it'll have like, like a plaque and it'll have like a photo yes. of the person and then a, a signature. That like I would never want that <laughs> Dude, so not interested but on the flip side is if it's a piece of Drew's writing from like her childhood I want that like that is exciting yes. to me yes I was going to say I have a caveat to saying like we don't collect autographs it's just like I'm not interested in buying like a bunch of like autograph hounds you know stuff that they've gotten yeah like some jerk stood in line with a glossy photo and had her sign it and it just says db like yeah. not we're good we have enough of those <laughs> yeah and and we i mean th- to be fair we are also very privileged we didn't, we've been able to meet her true but i generally was not like i don't really want just an autograph like that's not this is not of interest to us, you know, for yeah. whatever reason. But we've also been very, very lucky to. Yeah. I mean, like I said, the postcard that she signed to the Drewsium is one of the favorite things that we own. So there is like a two different ways of looking at it. But yeah, but that it's like it says a couple of things. The Drewsium, my friends. Come on. Yeah. The extra writing really has something to do with it. Yeah. I think depending on the inscription, like if she like wrote something cute, you know, if it was like a letter or like other things that she happened to have signed yeah I think another way of looking at it is like what is its like sort of historical value is it just something literally a guy shoved in her face and she signed real quick but is it like yeah like you said like a letter to somebody amazing so that's sort of how I would answer that I mean okay I thought of one more thing but it has this like connection to us is we got you me and Jelena, I think we're oh, at Jay Leno, right? Yeah. It was all three of us. Yep, yep. Jay Leno had Drew sign one of his um note cards that like introduced her. Yeah. And gave it to us. And then we gave it to Missy, <laughs> who used to run the message board that we um met on. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just me, but I regret that. I wish we'd kept it. Cause that to yeah. me, that's cool because that First of all, it's like from a moment in time, it's like a piece of ephemera already because yep. it's from the show and she signed it for us during a commercial break. Like, And Jay Leno special. like had her sign it for us. Like we didn't- Yeah, Jay Leno went out of his way to do that for us. Weird. I think that's the other thing. It's like, we haven't asked for autographs. I feel like when I brought that profile um, postcard, 
that one we did. So we yeah. said, Hey, we've like never done this before, but we would love to sign this to the museum. Yeah. And she, yes. she was of course like emphatically for it. That's right. But yeah. It's not like any of the other times that we've met her outside of a book signing that we've asked for an autograph. We never have. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of weird, but again, like we are lucky that that's not like the only way we can connect with her, you know, I know we're very, very lucky. And the last thing that I want to mention, because when you mentioned the memorabilia, I was thinking of stuff I used to buy on eBay early on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it it was some cool things, but then there were just like prints of photos. Oh and sometimes my God. they're just like somebody, I mean, none of them were like really bad. Some of them are. <laughs> yeah. Some of them you can tell someone went to Kinko's and <laughs> just printed out a color <laughs> copy. <laughs> I actually got burned by oh, one. Oh, you're recently. talking about, you did? Yeah, I am so embarrassed to admit this, but it was on Facebook Marketplace. So it seemed like, whoa, this is kind of random, right? Okay. And it was like an old photo of her and it was her writing as a child. And I was like, that is so cool. And it was cheap. So I bought it and it came and it was like a horrible print. And I was like livid. And then I went back and looked at the listing better my bad and it actually said that it was like a print but it was awful like pixelated like what no <laughs> yeah embarrassing to admit but so when yeah when you said like bad prints that's what you were talking about <laughs> yeah I'm talking about bad quality prints <laughs> I am not interested in a photocopy of your scrapbook yeah, a copy of anything yeah that too I definitely remember, remember that? that being a thing or, or some oh. pictures people printed at their on their home printer and, and put in their scrapbook we're like mm, that's okay <laughs> again bootleg <laughs> I just thought it was interesting to think about like what categories of stuff are getting like rarer to come across. Oh yeah. And I see you wrote everything and <laughs> yeah, honestly, yes. So if you look at like our movie memorabilia pages and you yeah. look at the old ones, there are so many items for so many categories. Now there's maybe like an ad in a magazine and that's as much as we're going to get because tangible items just don't exist in the same way anymore. Everything's digital. Yeah. So it's, it's like the crazy. whole press kit thing. That's like gone. gone. Press photos don't exist anymore for new movies. Pretty much all of it. And the magazines are, of course, going away-ish. Well, yeah. It, but I was just thinking about like the movie memorabilia thing, just like going back to it. Like some of that still exists, but I feel like there's part of me that could be a little bit like nostalgic for the time when there was just like a lot of shit that was thrown at us. <laughs> Yeah. But the longer we have these magazines, the, like magazines and other parts of our collection, the more rare it gets. But yeah. like I, we, stuff we still think of as like common, but it's from 1999. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. And I just had a thought, like even candid photos, right? So we have like a lot of really cool photos and I'm not talking about press photos in this case. I'm talking about somebody went and developed film. Yes. Like those don't exist anymore. And the, like, those are so cool. Those are some of my oh. favorite things we have. And those are gone. Like, that's not a thing you're going to get anymore. Oh, that's a good point. Like somebody printing a picture from their iPhone is not as cool. It's just not. <laughs> that's true. Something like having been printed from a negative, you know, yeah. is exposed to the yeah. film and then printed <sighs> from the negative. 
Oh man. Anyway, yeah, we're definitely nerds for tangible items. And uh, I guess we have that in common with Drew. She's much more analog than digital. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder, you know, like I've thought many times about fans of Drew and like maybe fans of our podcast, you know, where they cross over. I'm like, do young people care about this stuff? I guess we'll see. <laughs> I, guess I don't we'll think see. they do. No, I know. I guess we don't, we don't really know. Do we know our demographic? <laughs> no, I mean, our demographic is our age for sure. Okay. My daughter Mila is 13 and she was getting like a little magazine subscription for a minute that somebody gifted her and like her favorite people would be in it like Billie Eilish. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, let's take it out. And you can put it on your wall. And she was just like, nah, I guess like, not interested at all and I was like whoa this is so weird because <laughs> it was like <laughs> such a thing yeah it still is to me I gotta go back and talk about an early practice that I abandoned oh let's hear it <laughs> putting stuff on my walls oh yeah duh how do we not talk about that I mean so both of us did it yeah of course it was like a huge thing to put magazine stuff on your walls in the 90s and early 2000s I've actually and I, by coincidence, I think it's the account um, at 90s Girlfriends on Instagram. Yeah. But she has a photo of her bedroom that kind of like went viral and like you see it in a lot of places. Oh. And every time I see it for a split second, I think you it's think mine. You think it's your room? Because <laughs> there's so that. many of the same things on the wall. Yes. But I had a horrible experience. And oh, I don't know if you know what I was going to say. So I do. I had like basically I had my Drew collection on the wall so I had it like tacked to the wall maybe taped or something I use staples that's how I used to do it all four corners (laughs) that's how I would do it (laughs) I think at some point I tried to be like I'd put the tack like not through the paper but like on the side so I was like early archivist but one thing I had happen is that I had the stuff on my wall. I had my window open, you know, it's a warm day. My mom was watering outside and was just sprayed <laughs> my window. She didn't know my window was open. She was, she's not an evil witch woman, but a bunch of my collection, <laughs> because it was on the wall, got wet. <laughs> oh God. It's such an awful story. It is awful. But I think I just like never opened my window again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and that's why you love the dark in the night. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That is why. Okay, so let's just talk a, a little bit about like the goals for our collections. And this can mean anything that you want it to mean. Okay. Okay, let's do personal goal first. Yes. Even though, like I said, we are we share one thing, but I still like want to find items that have a more personal history with Drew. Yeah. If she ever wants us to go through her storage units for her. I wouldn't say no. We could definitely do that. (laughs) Um, Where Ross was talking one time on the show about how he's going to, what was he said? He said there should be a Drew Barrymore museum. (laughs) Yeah. But I think he was like talking about like sending something to the Drew Barrymore museum. (laughs) We're like, dude, let's do it. Like it exists. It's called the Drewseum. You could have (laughs) just... We anyway, love you, Ross, uh, if you're listening. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those types of things are always going to be exciting to me. Um, it's, I'm not in a creepy stalker way, in more of a historian way, museum way. I would love to have more like personal items. I'm super curious to see like how this can evolve because our interest, like you said, it's not in like a creepy way, but we're like, we would save, you know, like 
we're preserving childhood pictures of her for yeah. example or like costumes I mean obviously we talk about that but like we would preserve them you know my goals are more about like how my stuff is stored yeah that makes sense because I this is the other thing like thinking about um us as collectors and how many collectors um people that are still friends of ours have like abandoned the collecting part but still love drew completely understand it especially now that I like moved away from my collection yeah it's hard work and I feel like so many people like do that and then they're like it's been sitting in my parents' garage for five years. Like, I need to get rid of it. Yeah. What am I going to do with this stuff? Yeah. But I don't think I will, I, you know, it's hard for me to say this, but I've had it long enough. I think I can't say this. I don't think I, I'll, I'll ever get rid of it. I don't think you will either because you've put too much, like, you're too much of an archivist about it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like at some point I have to think about, like, what's its use? Yeah. Well. So, yeah. So we can get into that. Yeah. Coming back to the idea of our collection as like one, we've talked many times, dreamed about the idea of having a physical museum. Yeah, that's absolutely the dream. <laughs> yeah. And who knows like how far in the future, what that actually looks like. There are many niche museums out there, you know, that yeah. like don't necessarily have to have like public hours that people come visit randomly like we probably would be like appointment only you know but but I do love I and I believe it was our friend Katie who had this idea to do even like a pop-up and that's a really like when she said that I kind of went oh that makes sense to me I could see that happening Mm um my greatest example recently was my musical love of my entire life Daniel Johns in Mm -hmm. Australia did an exhibit called like past present and future and it was like items from his entire career and life and Mm -hmm. the way it was set up was like oh my god yes this is what the Jerusalem like this could be something that we do yep and you sent me some stuff from it and I was like dream dream dream. well done and I couldn't go because it was in Australia Um, (laughs) (laughs) funny just the other day I was thinking of that part of diary where she's looping that and she's so like she's so mad about singing she's like I can make you mine it's your your lips lips of mine anytime (laughs) (laughs) oh diary Damn it. It all comes back today. It does. But I guess the way I feel about it is if we were to ever do that, a pop-up, let's say, I would really love Drew's involvement in some capacity to get like some really special items there. Yeah. Even if she's just loaning them to us. Yeah. (laughs) But if she's ever going to do something like that, we better be involved because no one could do it like we could. (laughs) Okay, so I feel like we've always compared ourselves a little bit. Like, okay, we're going to be the people with Drew, how people are about Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. You know, like what you were talking about earlier, like that account being inspirational. I feel like there's going to be a point. Okay, it's really hard because somebody like Marilyn Monroe, like has this like singular, you know, like there's nobody that is or will ever be Marilyn Monroe. Nobody's ever going to do that. <laughs> you're right. It's yep. Drew said that even in that yeah. quote. She talked yeah. about like, <laughs> you're right. She was sugar. Like you can't emulate, <laughs> you can't like pretend to be her. You can be inspired by her. But like, I feel like I, I think of it as not that Drew has to die <laughs> for it to become, <laughs> but like, I feel like it's like way in the future and not yeah. that I necessarily want it to be, but I feel like there's going to be a point where like, 
it's appreciated. Oh, nobody else has this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Nobody else does have a lot of this stuff and it will be appreciated more in the future too. I see that. Like, I don't know. I totally get what you're saying. But I like how we had this vision and like, it's kind of been our vision and our like dream in the background for a long time. Yeah. So this, like doing this podcast, like we started the museum, what year was it? 2006 or five? Um, 2006 is when it opened. Okay. Yeah. Um, January 15th, 2006. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, I think that's it. <laughs> One day we'll remember. I just knew it was like had a five. The five and, so, and the yes. six. Yes, me too. But so when we started it, like, I feel like our intentions are kind of the same, you know, as they were then. Right? Like, don't you feel like we we kind of have stayed pretty true to what our original intention was to a certain extent? Definitely. And so eventually having a physical Drusium, whatever capacity that is, would be just like this culmination of Ugh. what we've been working towards for so long. I've literally fantasized about it. That's not a joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you're excited about that prospect and you would come to our Drusium, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, another big dream. I mean, I, I I should we should just like deem ourselves this, and I guess we have, but like to officially be Drew's like historian, yeah, and archivist. Like in a way, we are. I feel like we are. I don't think anybody else could claim to be, except maybe Missy. She's the only person I can think of that might have more stuff than us. Somehow, <laughs> we work really hard at it. Yeah. I think one way we could technically be deemed more official is if we wrote a book. Yeah. And that could be something that I've always been like, I could see that that happening one day, not anytime yeah. soon. But other than that, I think we are, we are the shit. We are the yeah. person. <laughs> <laughs> like how would official historian be different from what we're doing now? Like our official artist, oh, like well, we're hired we're, by Drew. <laughs> yeah. And she like works alongside us and goes, here's a box of some old stuff. Like go ahead and sort this and do whatever. Yeah. That, oh my God. Drew, please. I mean, but it's like that thing though. It's like we want to be her best friend, <laughs> but we also want to preserve her legacy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's why we do that is really what we do it for. And uh it's like we have cool intentions with it. So just imagine how nice that would be if, if somebody wanted to take your old stuff in boxes and like take care of it for you. That'd be awesome. I have so much stuff I would appreciate that with. <laughs> But it's also like some people's shit is more interesting than others. I guess that's. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm sure she'd have lots of uninteresting stuff. <laughs> mm, maybe to her. I'd be like, oh my God, this scrap of paper that you were holding in this one thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so we are still here as these collecting teenagers all this time later. Well, that's a cool to think about, you know, I know. And we haven't, you know, I wouldn't say I'm like super, super actively collecting right now, other than getting the new issues of Drew magazine, trying to get New York magazine. I'm just going to call them out again. (laughs) I still can't believe mine came in your student. And you got two and you ordered only one. (laughs) That's why I'm like, I think they mixed this up. I need to reach out again, but this is going to be like the third time that I've reached out, which feels a little absurd. Um, Anyway, back to the point. So actively collecting, at one point I was checking eBay every day. 
Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how often you're checking these things anymore. Not that often. Um, I have like saved searches. So if really special things come up, hopefully I won't miss them because I have missed things that I'm like, Oh, that's so upsetting to find out. But, um, yeah, it's not a part of my daily routine. Like it was at one point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we're still here, like preserving our collections in the, in the best ways we can, despite our limitations. Yeah. I just put magazines away yesterday and actually Elle was reaching for them. And I was like, no, no, no. But one day these could be yours. (laughs) Yours is your inheritance. (laughs) Hopefully the value increases. It's it's also that thing of like imagining all of the people over the years who've gotten rid of their collections and some of which we've acquired. Yeah. You can never really get what you put into it back. Mm. It's not like a monetary investment, you know, yeah. we're not doing it. Maybe that I'm just going to go back to the idea of like autographs. I feel like that's such a thing that people like, especially like sports. It's like, that <laughs> is the top of the top for collection, you know, like getting the autograph or getting like an autograph yeah, item. so weird. Yeah, you're right. Assigned football. Yeah. <laughs> But that's just not our thing. <laughs> you know what? But like, I respect whatever the person wants. It's just, but I think like there's part of that that's like, yeah, maybe that feels like, so you could argue it's like there's an investment to it. But for yeah. us, the investment is in like the content. Yeah. You know, the the value will become um higher because the item is no longer accessible. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I love that. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, so if you guys have any other questions about our collections or if you want to write in and let us know like about your collecting journey, like we find this all to be really interesting. Obviously, me as Miss Archivist here, <laughs> I'm like, tell me about the paper. <laughs> What's the worst magazine paper you can think of? <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is really fun. I, I hope people enjoyed this. It's definitely a different topic for us, but uh, it's fun. We finally gave it some attention because we yeah. just don't chat about this very often. Yeah. And we want our listeners to know, like, that's our origin. <laughs> yeah, that is. That is. Yeah. Okay. So like we said, um, we might be off for the next week or two. We will keep you posted. You can follow us on Instagram at how do you drew pod and we'll give you those kind of updates there. You can also follow us on Instagram at drewzium.com and that's where I'm doing this memorabilia Mondays. Plus we do all kinds of Drew stuff there. Um, also visit our website at howdoyoudrew.com, which is hosted on the Drewzium, which we talked about a lot in this episode. Yeah, so feel free to browse around and see our different categories. We didn't really get into what those are, but besides photos and magazines and movie memorabilia, we have books, we have apparel, we have postcards, we have all kinds of things. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to do episodes about sections if people are interested. So we'll talk about that more. Yeah, I like that idea. Send listener mail to how do you drew pot at gmail.com. I've given you lots of ideas of things to talk to us about. <laughs> so reach out already. We love talking to you guys. We yes. love interacting with you guys. All right, everyone. We will see you next Drewsday. Just check it out. You know, we'll be there. Some Drewsday, <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. This episode of the How Do You Drew podcast was researched and produced by Ashley and Anne from thedrewzium.com with help from our sponsor, Positive Medium.
special thanks to Matt Costa for our lovely theme song, Roxy Prima for our adorable logo. And last but not least, Drew Barrymore and all the Drewbies who love her. We do this for you. Thank Thank you. you.